Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We always talk about Star Trek holding a mirror up to society. Perhaps society needs to look at us and start Mm -hmm. um, replicating what we're doing Mm -hmm. because we're trying to tell the stories to heal. Gene Roddenberry said in the 23rd century there will be no sexism and no racism and no hunger and no greed. Let's make it happen. Well, let's hope we can and that every that child first century will know right how to now. read. Yep. And that every child will know how to Well, it's, that's the key, isn't it? Education. Yeah. Exactly. I just spent a lot of time with a lot of people that work in Star Trek, mostly as actors, but there's some writers and producers in there too, Dan. I, that's how I spent my afternoon. You know what? Me too. I, I, I was in a room with a whole bunch of people and... Uh, and yeah, a lot of the movers and shakers in current Star Trek, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that room I was in, it's called YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We are uh, talking, of course, about the big San Diego Comic-Con thing where, you know, hundreds and thousands of people congregate. Wait, no, that didn't quite happen, did it? That didn't quite happen. No, it didn't. But, you know, let's get into it because we did watch what they did for this virtual Comic-Con with our Star Trek friends of different series, including Discovery, Lower Decks, and Picard. And this is Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson with Dan Gunther, and we're going to go through it, not through everything, but just our initial impressions. So, Dan, just to start off, I'm curious, did this live up to the hype that was in your head for this big event Well, one of the things, of course, is this year there's no actual real San Diego Comic-Con. And I think I was kind of in that mindset. I was like, oh, there's going to be surprise trailers and, and crazy things going on. And that's really not what this was. It was definitely a pared down version of what we get every year. So I think my expectations were a little high for what we got. That said, it was very enjoyable. I did love seeing these casts together. I got to say, I loved seeing the Discovery cast back together. I was just like really in my happy place there. I've missed those guys. I know. I've missed them too. And it was great seeing them. And there's a whole lot of them. Almost everybody was there. And it was, you know, they're all doing it through Zoom or Skype or whatever. They're all in their little boxes. And, you know, I'm a a big Brady Bunch fan. So (laughs) through COVID, I feel like I'm seeing Brady Bunch of all kinds of different versions. So this is the Star Trek Discovery Brady Bunch for me. That was that was a lot of fun. Nice. I like that. I'm I'm trying to imagine what the song would be that, you know, the story for each of the people. I don't know. But <laughs> this is the story of a lovely lady named Michael Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I just was looking for Alice. She wasn't there, but that's okay. We can live without that for a while. So, you know, I I got to tell you. Um I really thought that we were going to get a date for season 3 and we didn't. No, no announcement of a date yet. I I was expecting even more than that. I thought there'd be a surprise trailer or something or or, or a clip or something from season three, uh, but nothing like that either, unfortunately. But yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into that. So, okay, Dominic Patton was from Deadline. He was the moderator of this thing. Now, I was also surprised this wasn't live. I kind of expected it wasn't going to be live because we were seeing clips mm-hmm. of these panels days earlier. But I did thought some aspects of it might be live, but no, the whole thing was recorded. So he was there and he first introduced Alex Kurtzman and Heather Caden, who are executive producers of all the three series. So that's, you know, as we mentioned, Discovery, and then they talked about um, Lower Decks, and then they talked about Picard, which, by the way, speaking of Picard, we're getting a Blu-ray of Picard finally. We have that announcement that just came out. We are, yeah. They've announced uh, the pre-orders for the Star Trek Picard Season 1 Blu-ray, and that will be coming in October of this year, so... Uh, you know, in a couple months, we'll be able to get Picard on Blu-ray. There's, of course, the regular release as well as uh, what's probably going to be a Best Buy exclusive Steelbook release as well. So that that was welcome news. <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know what? It's coming out October 6th. And that's fine. But I have to tell you, and if anybody's <laughs> heard me on past podcasts, every time my birthday comes up, which is October 5th, my wife has always asked me what I want. And I can think of all things I want, but they always come out right after my birthday. There's never anything that comes out right before it. And this comes out the day after. And I'm just like, why can't it come out a week early? You know, I'm just going to move my birthday. That's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Join the club. October 1st is my birthday. And same thing. There's always these really cool releases, like the first week of October, but you know, never before October 1st or October 5th, which is frustrating. (laughs) It is. It is. It's so weird. So anyway, you know, so we talked that there's three series, but really, in a sense, we talked about four series in this panel discussion, this Comic-Con thing, because as they're talking to Alex and Heather, they announce the title of the new animated series coming to Nickelodeon. And hold on, everybody, put those socks on, hold on to them, because here comes the name, Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> now, Dan... I, I mean, first of all, I like the name, but it sounds familiar to me. Yeah, this is the most unsurprising announcement ever, I think, in the history of television announcements. You know, this was something that like news outlets were talking about this series and calling it Star Trek Prodigy as though it had been announced for months now. Uh, so the the name is not really a surprise, but it was announced earlier today uh, that we're recording this. We're recording this on Thursday, July 23rd, uh, the day of the, the SDCC panels. Yeah, but, we're fresh off Comic-Con. Exactly. But this was announced earlier in the day. I think Deadline had an exclusive on this. Uh, and But not just the title was announced, though. They also showed off the the title logo. Uh, with Nickelodeon at the top, Star Trek underneath that in, you know, the classic TOS font, and then Prodigy underneath that with these kind of like cool purple, pink, white, and blue colors with the star that's in the center of the uh, Star Trek symbol in the O for Prodigy sideways there. It's kind of a beautiful title. I actually really like it. I do. And it's using that Star Trek font from the original series. and. Yeah, that's what they were doing with Picard. But then when we saw the opening credits to Picard, they're using the Discovery fonts for Star Trek. I just wonder if that's the same that's going to happen in Prodigy. All the marketing uses the original series font. And then when they get to the series, it's a different font. Yeah, I, I wonder about that myself, too. Yeah. 
So this is on Nickelodeon, and I know Nickelodeon has streams that have different feeds in different countries. I haven't heard anything, but I assume this is on Nickelodeon worldwide on the, on the different versions of Nick. That's my guess. I don't know about that either. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, CBS All Access, of course, is going to be carrying a lot of Nickelodeon content in the future. Do we think that this will show up on All Access as well? in the States? That's a good, very, very good question. I don't know. I can tell you from my profession that there, it depends on some contracts that they have with cable operators. There's sometimes there's windows that say if it appears on a network, it can't appear anywhere else after a certain period of time. Hmm. That can be anywhere from 30 to 60 days usually. So it could show up on Nickelodeon and then maybe a month or two later show up on CBS All Access. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I'm curious how I'm going to see this in Canada. Cause I mean, I know it is a show marketed and developed with kids in mind, but I mean, I'm going to check this out. I, I want to see what this is all about too, for sure. And we heard from a friend of ours that's in the know that this is some of the best Star Trek he's ever seen. Do you yes. remember hearing that? Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, that's fascinating. I'm excited when I heard that for sure. Yeah, I would, I'd like to see more details. And again, we didn't get a date on that, but at least we got the name Star Trek Prodigy coming soon to a Nickelodeon near you. So <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Oh, and then there's some lower deck images that we've gotten here. Yeah. So this was yesterday. There were a bunch of new images released from lower decks yesterday again when we're recording this. So this dropped on Wednesday, uh, the 22nd. A bunch of new images from the first four episodes of Lower Decks. And also we got the titles of the first four episodes as well, which is kind of cool. Oh, wait, wait. What are the titles? So episode one is called Second Contact, which is, you know, that's the mission of the Cerritos. That's their, that's what they do. That's appropriate. Episode two is called Envoys. And from the screen caps that come from this one, it looks like this is the one that we see in the trailer where Boimler's wearing a dress uniform. So that's any images you see of that, that supposedly comes from this episode. And then episode three is called Temporal Edict, which is a fascinating title for sure. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. And then episode four very odd title. <laughs> I want to know what this is all about. Episode four is called Moist Vessel. So all you people out there that love the word moist, there, there you go. <laughs> That's my favorite Star Trek title of all time. <laughs> yeah. There's now a Star Trek episode with moist in the title. You're welcome. Okay, Dan, here we go. <laughs> we didn't do this on a show. We did it after the show, but there was something going around. I think it was on Twitter where people were saying, take a Star Trek episode title and substitute a word with but so with oh, these no. titles these are new opportunities <laughs> so i'm not going to say that you need to do them we're not going to do them here on the show but it's more new opportunities that's all i mean butt contact right off the bat is great <laughs> uh I, i'd say butt edict you know i don't want to know what that episode's about and I mean, episode four, Moist Vessel, I think you can kind of go your own way with that and probably figure out a good one there. I, I think it could go, uh, you can substitute either word and it's going to be funny. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. You know what? Actually, right now, I think I'm having more fun on this than I did with the Comic-Con stuff. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I had some fun, but, you know, it's just 
this this is a lot more fun right now to me. So okay, we had the Comic Con panel with the the Discovery cast, like we said earlier, a bunch of them there. Alatunde Osansami was there, and he directed the last episode of Discovery, and he was kind of moderating this table read of Act One of that last episode of Discovery. And you know, I was. I was not all that excited about a table read because it's already an episode I've seen and just to hear them reread it to me wasn't all that interesting to me, but I was enjoying it a little more than I thought for a couple of reasons. One is there are some sound effects and music and they're showing storyboards in there. So that was great. That added to it, but also they edited this because this was all pre-recorded, So it had a better flow probably than trying to do this online in real time. There were probably pauses and delays and things. So the editing, I think, helped with it too. But as you pointed out to me before the show, there were bonus scenes, which I wasn't sure if I was going to really pick up on because it's been a while since I've seen the episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. I wasn't expecting the edited aspect of it. I thought it would be just like, you know, they taped it and presented it as is. But yeah, they've edited in sound effects, music from the episode, uh, storyboards, and even some actual shots from the episode where appropriate here and there kind of thing. I thought it was really good. And yeah, those bonus scenes, you know, I was I was watching and listening and making notes and that kind of thing. But then my ears perked up when all of a sudden I was like, I don't remember that line. Oh, this is like, you know, the the shooting script that they used. But of course, after that, it's still edited down further in the cutting room. Right. So there is some stuff here that was a little bit bonus, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I wish they would have put some kind of mention on the screen that this is bonus or this was cut so you knew when something here or not. Because I wasn't there was times I heard stuff where I was like, wait, was that in the episode? I don't remember. So I wasn't that familiar to know, oh, I know that wasn't in the episode or that. I wasn't real clear. Now, that was just act one. So now the full table reading of the full script of the whole episode is premiering the next day on YouTube, which by the time this episode comes out that you're listening to now, that means it's out there right now. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, they said at the end that it would on CBS.com, you can see the the full episode the next day. So that should be out and available. I'm not exactly sure uh, where, but they said CBS.com, you should be able to find it. I'm assuming it'll be all over their social media <laughs> when it comes out. Was there anything that stood out to you during the table read that you thought was interesting or funny besides the bonus scenes? Uh, it, it put me back in the mindset of watching that episode. And I have a few mixed feelings about that episode. I generally enjoy it. Uh, there's one line that Rachel Antrell's character of Lieutenant Nan has that I just, I really disliked the line, but she's she wasn't there to read it. So Olutunde Osunsanmi had to read the line. And when he did, like he looked awkward saying it and everybody kind of laughed. And it's when Giorgio says something like, you know, they're going to go after Leland. And she says to her, you know, after we find him, are you interested in making him pay or something? Whatever she says. And she turns to Giorgio and says, yum, yum. And I just, I hate that line. It's so bad. I'm sorry. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. It just sticks out like a sore thumb. But to watch this and then Olatunde himself had to say the line. And he's he went, yum, yum. And everybody just like cracked up. It was great. 
I don't know how that even got in the script. Like, whose idea was it to put in yum yum? I'll be honest. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, hmm. I, I defend most decisions on a creative level. That one's just like, I'm not even mad. It's just weird. What a weird line. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's a weird line, but I love it. Cause every, anytime I hear it or think about it, I just laugh. I just like, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that is exactly the reaction I have every time. <laughs> it's the Spock's brain of Star Trek lines, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so now when they were done with the table read, it was kind of an awkward transition to me. Because they said, well, that's the end of Act 1, now for our Mm Q&A. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, that was kind of... Like, I expected them all to go, okay, that's the end of Act 1, yay, or something. Yeah, I was kind of expecting a little (laughs) transition of some kind as well, but it was just they went right into their Q&A. It was a little odd. (laughs) Yes. So the Q&A happened, and I guess they got these questions from fans from Twitter, I guess. I didn't pick up on where they got them. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, someone, they were talking about Star Trek as aspirational, which is great, which it is. Mm-hmm. Who, who was saying that? So, yeah, the idea of Star Trek being aspirational was kind of a question that was asked to the group. And Wilson Cruz uh, talked a bit about it, talking about how it was their job to kind of model a, a, a good society and to create that world, right? Uh, And in Discovery Season 3, he feels that they have that responsibility even more. And they want to continue to model something that we as a world can aspire to, which I think, you know, that's kind of what Star Trek's all about. Yeah. Now, that was nice. I've forgotten about that. But yeah, that was a good piece of it. Um, Some things that stood out to me is Mary Wiseman was talking about how she likes how the characters aren't perfect and that this is an opportunity for them to discover themselves and what is inside. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good um, because that's really the, the name of the title discovery. Yeah. And she had a great quote. She said, we don't make assumptions that we've already reached perfection. And I, I love star Trek, but you know, in TNG, especially at times I noticed they got a little bit preachy, right? That like, you know, for example, they unthought, frozen 20 20th century humans and they're like oh those barbarians back in the 20th century you know blah 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 not like us now where we've moved past all of that which you know that's great for star trek as well but i like that they show the flaws a little bit and you know mary wiseman like you said she says there are a lot of people for whom these issues have not been solved in today's world so it's important to show that journey as well And then Wilson Cruz said that Dr. Culber made his choice in season two, and he feels different about his place in the world going into season three. He called him the new Culber. So I'm interested to see his role in season three and his relationship with Stamets. Yeah. And I loved him saying that, like, the show Discovery is all about family, and he's realized that Stamets is his family Uh, But he knows that he's different, right? And he feels different about his purpose. So that relationship is going to evolve as well. So they did mention a little bit about season three. Like you said, we didn't get a trailer. We didn't get any scenes. I'm kind of surprised we didn't at least get a scene because we know things have been shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really thought there'd be like a short little clip or something, Uh, you know, a little unfortunate, but, you know. I I expect there'll be some kind of announcement soon. They probably don't want to steal a lot of thunder from lower decks. Let that get a few episodes out and then have people have something to look forward to after that. I think, which is kind of how they've played it in the past as well. 
Yeah. But they did say that season three is a hope of salvation of sorts. And did the plan work? Yeah, it seems like there's some question as to if all the parts of this plan worked out. Did they end up where they intended to? All that kind of stuff. I think all of those are pretty good hints as to what we'll see in the first few episodes of season three. Absolutely. So then we went on to the Lower Decks panel and we had the cast there. We had Mike McMahon, who's the creator and executive producer of Lower Decks, introducing the first full clip that we've ever seen, ever seen from Lower Decks. This was, this was the day. Put it on your calendar, Dan. Put it in your diary. Your first time <laughs> you ever saw a clip. The clip looks like it could be from the start of episode one. We, don't, we know it's from episode one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it feels like the very start. Like it show it opens with this beautiful shot of like a space dock style starbase space station and and oh man, boy is it ever cool to see that in Star Trek again. Animated or not, I love that. It's such a gorgeous design. Yeah, I, it is. I love it. It looked great. Uh the ship is beautiful. You know, the first time I saw the ship on that promotional poster that they put out, I said I need to see different angles of it. And I'm really loving the ship and I love seeing it there on screen in that space dock. Yeah. Everything in here, like I, I really like the look of the show. Uh, Like we were saying before we started recording, the clip is kind of an extended bit of basically the start of the trailer that we saw a few, a a while ago. Uh, But we get to see kind of that bit in context and the whole kind of clip surrounding it, which was interesting. I don't know. I feel like this might turn some people off, but I I think I get the style of humor they're going for here. I I, I will say that I didn't laugh out loud when I saw this clip, but at the same time, I feel like I've seen the clip because it was just an extension of a scene that we've seen in the trailer. So it didn't do a whole lot for me. I was hoping to see something different that we didn't see in the trailer. Uh, But yeah, the whole... Boimler and Mariner in the closet and he's doing the captain's log and she's trying to get his pad away from him and they go tumbling out into the the hallway and then you know her Romulan whiskey which have we ever heard of Romulan whiskey I know we've heard of Romulan ale Mm -hmm. but I'd never heard of whiskey I don't think so no yeah there's okay (laughs) I was wondering if that was something new I wonder if it was still Romulan ale. They just call it Romulan whiskey sometime. But it makes sense because ale and whiskey are both earth terms. Like so Yeah. You know, right. Romulan yeah. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Romulan Kool-Aid. Mmm, yum yum. See, Dan, I work yum yum into natural conversations. <laughs> See, now it, it fit there though. <laughs> <laughs> well then she picks up a batlith and Boom, gets his leg. And I was I literally went, ouch, out loud. Yeah. Oh, that's a deep. So Mike McMahon said after the clip was over, people don't always get sliced by a batleth in the leg in every episode, but it's always a possibility on a Starfleet ship. And I'm going, is it really? Because I don't know. Like, you'd think safety rules would be a little more strict. She was under the influence, like we said, of Romulan whiskey. But, you know, still. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe this is dangerous. Maybe my kids are too young to watch this. No, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. So yeah, they kind of talked through the different characters. Each of the voice actors talked about their characters. So uh, we heard about Mariner. Tony Newsom said that, that Mariner is a lot like her, doesn't always play by the rules, which I think is kind of funny, uh, which we kind of suspected when we watched the trailer. 
So, mm-hmm. and Boimler is the ultimate Starfleet nerd by the book. No demerits, means well in everything that he does. No, follows every rule to a T. He wants to be promoted and he feels the way to do that is to be the model Starfleet officer at all times. Mm-hmm. Just like you want to be the model podcaster at all times. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tendi, the green girl, not an Orion though. Wait, we don't know what she is, do we? I or thought, is she an Orion? I thought she was an Orion. Did I don't know. Had you heard that she wasn't? I didn't. I don't. I wasn't know. aware of that. Uh, I don't know. I guess I haven't heard if she was or she wasn't. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I thought she. Wa- I thought they had said she was. I, Maybe I could they be did. wrong though. Okay. I don't know. I have character descriptions here, and it doesn't even say. So I don't know. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you got that because I hadn't heard that. <laughs> well, anyway, whether she is or she isn't, she's green. <laughs> And she sees things with fresh eyes of the Cerritos. She's excited about everything. Yeah, I, I really, of all the characters, I'm really interested to learn more about Tendi. She's described as optimistic to a fault and just kind of excited about everything. And I like that attitude. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah, and then we have our engineer Rutherford. He's a cyborg. He loves that he's half mechanics because he loves mechanics. He is the engineer guy. So I was glad to hear a little more about him. He He's described as the one you want on your trivia team because, you know, he knows all the ins and outs of all the technical stuff. And then we have Dr. Tana, who is the CMO. She's great at medical mysteries, but is still a scary, crusty alley cat. Yeah, I was glad to hear this name spoken, spoken out loud, Dr. Tana, instead of Tiana, I thought. Yeah. But so Tana, that's good to know. But the way it's written, you would think it's Tiana. Mm-hmm. But the way it's written also, like, Tana makes sense, you know. Yeah. Then we have Lieutenant Shax, who shoots first and asks questions later. And uh, Shax is a Bajoran with a chip on his shoulder. That's exactly what I wrote as well. And as he says, he's got a chip on his shoulder, rightfully so. So I feel like even just with that one little line, he's... They're aware of like the history of Bajorans and that kind of thing. Like I like that he said, and rightfully so, because I'm like, oh, they're going to bring his Bajoran heritage into this. And I love his voice, that kind of mean voice. And he talks about how, you know, all the ensigns are being too loud. So I smashed their instruments or whatever. Like he's kind of a shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. Yeah, I was like, how come all the Bajorans have chips on their shoulders? You know, <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> And then we have Jack Ranson, who is the number one on this ship. He has a short fuse. He's not the easiest to work for, but he deeply cares about Starfleet. I like that his name is Ransom. I wonder if he's going to be related to Captain Ransom from Voyager at all. That was just a neat little tie in there. But also, I love that it's Jerry O'Connell, you know, that he's in Star Trek now, along with his wife, which is cool. Exactly. And she plays number one, Una. And he mentions later in the panel that they're really good friends with Jonathan Frake. So they're all number ones. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I love it. How weird is that? (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least, we have Captain Carol Freeman, who talks for talk's sake, because people are just going to do whatever they want to do anyway. But she is vital, important and in charge on the second contact missions that they're doing. Yeah, and she takes those missions very seriously. I'm curious to learn more about this captain. It looks like from what she said in the interview as well, that there's a little bit closer interaction between the senior officers and these ensigns than 
we would have maybe thought from the initial description of the show, because she talks about, you know, taking Ensign Mariner under her wing and kind of trying to guide her onto a better path than she sees for her at the moment. So that's interesting. I like that relationship there. Yeah, I do too. So I'm even more excited about Lower Decks and it's coming out August 6th. So I'm ready for it. Absolutely. Me too. So then we have the last panel, and that is the cast of Star Trek Picard, and almost everybody was there too. And uh, we had Patrick Stewart there saying that they didn't bring Star Trek back because it didn't go away to begin with. It's always been here. So it's never left. It's always been in our hearts. So bringing Picard back wasn't bringing him back. He's always been here. Mm-hmm. And he felt that the themes of the series are very appropriate for today's day and age. Yeah, I liked what he had to say here, saying, you know, it's very challenging to play this role again. They're living in a very different world than back when TNG was shot. And uh, also he says that the first half of the season was about getting to know the people he was working with, uh, to which Marina Sirtis subjected him to some gentle ribbing, uh, saying, oh, come on, you were you were having to learn their names for the first half of the season and calling him <laughs> very old. <laughs> Wasn't it great seeing her like teasing him and him just laughing? Oh, it's <laughs> so great to see these people back together again and and having that relationship is really sweet because then Alison pill who plays Girardi said that she referred to him as SPS for the first time. Like he didn't even know what she was talking about. She had to explain, Oh, that stands for Sir Patrick Stewart. I'm going to call you SPS from now on. And that was a running gag throughout the rest of the panel. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart couldn't even uh, get it right at one point. I think he called himself CPS, and then everybody just kind (laughs) of laid into him for that. (laughs) (laughs) And Marina's like, you don't even know your name? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the cast was just asking a lot of questions about their characters, and uh, Evan Evagora, who plays Elnor, said that he was terrified when he first met Patrick Stewart, and Patrick says, hi, I'm Patrick Stewart, and he goes, yeah, good things, (laughs) and was embarrassed (laughs) about that. And then there was like, for example, like Michelle Hurd, who played Rafi, she was like complimenting Patrick Stewart. Oh, because she's so wonderful that. And Marina starts giving her grief about, you know, stop it. We got all that out of his head. So now now you're going to make his head get big and all this stuff. And they start, you know, talking about the SPS again. And it just started to get really fun at that point. Yeah, I I love that. She's uh, yelling, it took us years to train him. <laughs> she was worried right. they were giving him too big of a an ego back. <laughs> and then, for example, uh, Rios is space cowboy, and Jerry Ryan's back as seven and nine. She never expected that to happen. And even Brent Spire didn't expect to play Data again. Then he starts teasing how the producers came to him and were crying to have him back. And then SPS started weeping to have him back. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Like that's. I don't know. Have you ever seen Brent Spiner on stage at a convention giving a a panel or something like that? I've seen him uh, on panels. I don't know if I've seen him alone with a mic just doing his thing. <laughs> he is so full of it all the time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, like the big head that they say Patrick Stewart has. That's Brent Spiner. And I, I know it's all just a show, like he's just joking and stuff. But yeah, he always says it like the world of of TNG and everything was revolving around him kind of thing. It's part of his character. I love it. And then Jonathan Frakes and Marina Suris were there saying they were happy to be back and that she was glad she didn't 
she didn't have to wear the spacesuit anymore. And Jonathan was delighted to direct Patrick again and knew that Marina had just been doing a play and she was going to come in strong. So it was just, I've heard him say that before, but you know, Marina's always cracking me up. I love how she's just so glad she didn't have to wear the spacesuit. Yeah, it was so great. And I love Jonathan Frakes talking about how he's nervous to play Riker because, you know, he has to act with Sir Patrick Stewart, who is, of course, just a brilliant thespian. And Marina Sirtis, like you said, she had recently flexed her muscles, so he knew that she was on top of her game and he hadn't acted for, you know, decades. So he was a little worried. (laughs) Yeah. And then we had like Jonathan Del Arco there and he was saying how great that the fans brought him in with warm reception about playing Q. And then they started asking Patrick Stewart about the Picard character. And, you know, he starts talking about how, you know, he's not the same person he used to be 20 years ago. And so is the character of Picard. He's not the same man. Mm -hmm. I loved this bit where he talks about, you know, coming back as Picard. He was asked what were his feelings about coming back as that character. And immediately the first thing he said was, I made the right decision. Uh, I love that. He said he sat for two hours listening to the plans of the writers and producers. And what really sold him was their showing how the world has changed since TNG and and how he's adapting to that and how Picard has changed. And then the day-to-day excitement, he said, was working with such a diverse and talented cast that he was continually every day amazed by the great work done by the people around him, which I thought was really sweet. And Brent Spiner was even saying how it was a different kind of closure between Picard and Data. They had it before in Nemesis, and he was fine with that, but now they had a different closure by different great writers, and that life will end. And then Patrick Stewart chiming in on that as well, uh, learning from Data that part of being human was knowledge that life is terminal was an important thing for his character, he felt. And I love that. You know, we think about TNG and we think about Data learning what it means to be human. I love that the human characters learn from him in the end what it means to be human. That was just beautiful. Yeah. See, the whole panel just ends the same way the season ended. <laughs> in a sense, you know? It did, Very yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And then Michelle was saying some more things about understanding of how valuable life is. And we heard a clip of that at the beginning of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that Star Trek really teaches the lesson that life is valuable and important. And I also love, she says that the diversity of, of viewpoints and people and, and types of people is a strength, not a weakness. And that goes right back to something that Gene Roddenberry said. You know, he always said that, you know, we need to take a special delight in the diversity that exists in our world before we can go out into the galaxy and meet the diversity that surely exists out there. And I'm paraphrasing, but that was kind of a famous Roddenberry quote where he talks about that. And I I just saw that echoed right back with what these people are doing with this show and the other shows that are currently uh, coming out from CBS and and it feels like a really strong carrying of the torch for Star Trek and I'm 100% there with them. She did such a great job closing out the panel by saying that and she was put on the spot. It was from a fan question and at first she's like, uh, you know, it was asked of her and Jerry Ryan, but she basically answered it and at first she was like, 
didn't know what to say. And then she comes out with this and it was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And Jerry Ryan even like applauded her answer at one point. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. And that was pretty much it, except for the fact then we learned that Patrick Stewart would prefer to be called P-Stew instead of SPS. <laughs> I love the that. Because that came from where? I can't remember where he said that came from. Oh, I can't remember where he said it came from. The thing that I remember them using it in was, I don't know if anybody has seen the uh, country classics recording by Sir Patrick Stewart. And it's, it's Patrick Stewart singing old country songs. And it's the funniest <laughs> thing. If you've not seen this, do yourselves a favor, pause this podcast right now, go to YouTube and search, uh, Patrick Stewart country classics or P stew country classics, just P S T E W country classics. It's great. It's the funniest thing you'll see if you haven't seen it yet. It's so good. <laughs> All right. I feel like I got to go do that right now. <laughs> well, no, that was great. So, I mean, it was a fun, I think about an hour, 19 minutes. I saw uh, that the length of it was on YouTube. So it was a fun diversion for the day for me, but yeah, no big reveals, nothing about season three, nothing about the next season of Picard. I mean, we got a clip of lower decks and uh, probably the big thing was also getting a title for the new series. Cause I'm tired of calling it, you know, the Nickelodeon series, or yeah. as I heard Larry Nemechek refer to it as Nick Trek. <laughs> Nick Trek. Now, okay, so here comes the big, huge fan debate, right? What's the three-letter acronym now? Is it just PRO for Prodigy? I, I would say that or PDY, but I would say mm. PRO probably. I think PRO works because it makes an actual word. So yeah, I or like Nick, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no. So before we sign off, Dan, I want to wish you a great wedding this Saturday. Of course, by the time people hear this, you've already been married. Oh man. How weird is that? <laughs> it's crazy. And, and yeah, I won't be editing this episode. So the first time I hear this episode, it will be as a married man. That's uh, whew, that's, that's a little crazy, but thank yeah. you, Bruce. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, I don't know what to say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Are you a little nervous? Are you anxious? It's funny. I thought I would be, but I'm not at all because I just know that this is right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I just, I, I totally. feel totally calm and happy and, you know, it's not the wedding that we had planned because of, of course, everything that's happening right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just totally looking forward to it and, and really excited. Yeah. I wasn't nervous for my wedding. And for the same reasons you just said, I felt the same way. And then after I got married, people came up to me saying, oh, I could tell you were so nervous. And I was like, but I wasn't hmm. They're like, well, you look nervous. You look pale. You look like you were going to pass out. Then I come to find out the next morning I was coming down with a bad cold. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was because I was getting sick. And then I found out I got it from my brother of all people who was Ugh. my best man. There you go. <laughs> So More like your worst yeah. man that day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Well, good luck with everything. And on the next episode, we'll ask you how it feels to be a married man. That'll be crazy. I'll have a little bit of extra jewelry on one of my fingers. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes. All right. Well, where can people find you online when you're not getting married? 
Well, when I'm not getting married, you can find me on Twitter at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a little slow there for the next few days. I'm not making videos when I should be doing wedding prep and stuff. So <laughs> I'll be, you know, it'll be a few days, but I'll be back there again soon. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Kurtrats Productions as well. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline, then Rex. And you can find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast. I just did that recently with Katie Nicolau, who was the weather Katie that we had here a few episodes ago. And uh, so she did an episode of Star Wars Report with me over there. And yeah, you can find me even on Facebook. Just search for Bruce Gibson. I don't have any fancy names or anything like that. So Awesome. Hey, come join our Facebook discussion group. We really want you to join us there. If you haven't yet, we would love to hear you chime in on your thoughts on these episodes and all of that there. So facebook.com and search for Positively Trek. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and uh, stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.